the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mitchell Farley Wolf, and I'd like to introduce you to my regular co host, editor at large, Wyatt Donigan. How's it going, everybody? It's going pretty good on, on this side. Uh, Wyatt, how is how's fatherhood treating you? Continue doing uh, it's pretty good. It's yeah, it's still going good, you know. Um, I it, I feel like I'm in this weird position because uh, my wife is breastfeeding, so there's not much that I can really do a lot of the times. So she's up, you know, every three hours to do that, and I just kind of get to sleep through most of the night. So I feel really bad. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, the, yeah. The, other than other than that, um, yeah. Wow, I, I can't even imagine babies, man. It's crazy stuff. I know it's a it's it's a crazy thing. Um, we have, uh, we have a good show for you today. Uh, we have our regular segments, so let's just jump in to the Playtime Report! The Playtime Report is, of course, the part of the episode where we talk about what we've been playing since last episode. Um, Wyatt, I restarted Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, it's back, baby, Electric Boogaloo. I am, uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise to the people that listen to the show relatively regularly that I, it's one of my favorite games, and it's, it's, uh, it's just a great, great game. This is my first time coming back to it, though, since the DLC, which was... It, it feels recent, but in actuality, the DLC for Breath of the Wild was in late 2017, so it's almost two years. Oh my god, that f- it does feel like it wasn't that long ago. Wow. Yeah, it's, you know, there, there's the passage of time working against us at, at every uh, opportunity, so we've got that. Uh, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised with how, uh, when, when I jumped back into it, I remembered pretty much... No, I mean not absolutely everything like placements of of items and and uh, uh, shrines and stuff like that. I, some of that I I had forgotten, but now coming back to it two years later, um, there's a lot of stuff that I thought I would remember that I don't. Like uh, <laughs> just I I find myself actually having to search for shrines again and and having to uh, do all of that a second time. And I also find myself um, r- suddenly remembering things that I, I forgot I was even supposed to remember. <laughs> uh, it's it's <laughs> a it's such a big game that you, I think it's actually impossible to keep all of it in your head at one time. Although there are yeah. there are speedrunners that do 120 shrines, so that's that's wild. I don't know how they do it's, it. It's amazing to me. I have no idea how they do that. I mean, speedrunning the game along with a lot of the techniques that you have to do with the like cutting down trees and using those to fast travel around, like that's insane enough. But then to remember 120 shrines, to know where they all are, how to get to them, what's the best route, how to complete all of them, you know, that's it's. I mean, speedrunning in general is is an incredible thing, but especially for a game that is expansive as that, yeah. that a game that really doesn't seem like it would be possible to speedrun to do that is like mind blowing. Truly, um, I I was just kind of thinking about how Breath of the Wild two was announced at this E three, and it's still going to be a while until a wild and until it, it uh, <laughs> happens. But in the meantime, I was just I was just hankering for it again, so I, I jumped back in and. 
Um, I, I thought I would kind of get bored of it because I, this this will be already my third time playing through the game. Um, <laughs> but but it, it's it's fresh enough that that's not happening. It's it's a it's just an evergreen like that. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. Like I think that's the only open world like RPG type style game that I've ever finished because I usually don't have the patience to like just kind of wander around and do everything but that game for some reason just something about the world and the way it was done it just kept me enthralled the entire time oh wow you're not a big uh you're not a big open world guy then huh no not at all like i think i play i've tried to play skyrim i think five times like i've bought it on sale like five different times and every time i think i only get like maybe two hours in and then i can't go anymore and i did the same with uh fallout 4 fallout 3 uh, i think those are the main ones but every single one i just can't seem to like i think that i can do it because the games look fun and everybody's talking about them so i'm like yeah like i'll just buy into the hype let's do it and then i sit down and i'm like oh god i can't do this do you do you not uh, do, do you feel every time you start skyrim again like I'm definitely going to do it this time. Or do you kind of feel like, Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent every time. <laughs> okay. Like when it, when it starts out, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is the time. Like I'm going to create my character. I'm like super into it. Like it's been a couple of years. I feel like I've grown a little bit as a person and as a gamer. And I think I can do this. And then I do it. And then I play for, like I said, about two hours. And then I'm like, okay, never mind. I can't do it. I feel similarly uh, about D and D sometimes. Like my friends will say, Hey, we're going to do it this time. We're going to do a whole D and D campaign. I'm DMing. It's great. And then I, I get excited about it. And I, I bring out the old uh, Dungeons and Dragons books and I create a character and I have so much fun, like creating a character and putting a backstory together and uh, picking out a class and all that stuff. And then, like, we all sit down, and literally the second the dungeon master says, You come from the land of Elderon. And then I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that it was this. <laughs> I forgot. <that. laughs> I forgot this is what this is like. I can't. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Every time. I mean, like, it. Even, even as I'm saying this right now, if someone were to. Like come up to me and say, "Hey, there's a D and D group in your area, and like you're totally invited." I would again get very psyched. <laughs> I would again do it like today, and then, <laughs> and then it would of course you know come out and yeah. D and D is tricky like that. Um, but we've also both it been is. playing fighting games. Why? Why didn't you start talking about that? Yeah. So um, I think I said last time, like I'm pretty much always playing something. Um, and recently I've rotated back around to Tekken, um, Tekken 7, because uh, at Evo a couple weeks ago, they announced uh, the start, <clears throat> excuse me, they announced that season three would be coming starting in September. And they announced two characters so far. And one of them, his name is Leroy Smith. Uh, he's basically like a Bruce Lee type character. Um not totally like Bruce Lee, but he's a, a karate type um, guy and he's African-American. He's got dreadlocks, sunglasses. I think he's blind. He has like a pimp cane and he has like alligator shoes or like some sort of like print shoes. Like just a totally badass looking character. Um, and so I'm super excited to play him. So I started getting back into it. 
um, over the last couple of weeks. To, even though he's, I don't think he's coming out until like December, but I still want to be completely ready to just jump right back in once he is out. Yeah, I saw you tweet about that like maybe two seconds after the announcement was on yeah. stream. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was very excited. Yeah, that, that's that's one of those things. Like I, I can tell this this has an audience, and his name is Wyatt. He is gonna be. Yep, <laughs> he is into this. Um, yeah, uh, si- similar to trying to get back into a game specifically for one character. Uh, you know, Banjo Kazooie's coming to Smash Brothers. Oh, I can't uh, wait! We we got to say that every episode, <laughs> otherwise it will stop being <laughs> true. Um, so I've I've kind of myself been getting back into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate a little more than I uh, have recently. I've still like since it, since it's been out, have uh, at, at least gone in there maybe once a week or so and played a few matches. But I'm really trying to learn how to be uh, be better. Although if I'm if I'm practicing for banjo, I I'm probably learning a lot of useless things because a lot of what you learn in Smash as you get better is like specific character stuff, how to use your own. Yeah, there isn't. Better. Yeah, it's like it's Smash is weird because it's not like like of course there's fundamentals that kind of apply to all the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like specifically with Smash, each character is so different and has such different properties that it's hard to really like apply stuff because you really have to play characters completely different whereas in a lot of other fighting games like when it comes to neutral and and kind of your defensive tools and all that like that's all stuff that's very general so you can really apply stuff easily from character to character but smash is is very particular in that case i feel yeah i'm sure if like a really good smash player was listening to me say this they'd probably be laughing saying like dude you don't you don't know the fundamentals yet like there's so much (laughs) that you don't know that doesn't apply to every character or that does apply to every character. And that's that's sure. almost assuredly true. But I also I play as Pokemon Trainer and I, I find what I usually need is just like I need to learn how to combo better with Squirtle. Or I need to learn how mm-hmm. to uh, punish people after they use a, a smash attack and they're open uh, with Ivasaur or Charizard more. And, and just like very specific things like that. Um, yeah. It's an interesting kind of learning, getting better at a fighting game. I I really enjoy mm-hmm. it. It's like nothing That's I fun. learn, almost nothing I learn can be explained with words. So when I see mm-hmm. um, people like like Zero or Hungrybox or, or or people like them, they make YouTube videos sometimes or Armada for sure. That's a big one uh, where mm-hmm. they just try to explain the the i guess fundamentals but but any tricks that they they know to to a mass audience i'm really impressed with that because i have no idea how i could like put any of what i've learned so far into words and explain it back yeah. to people yeah the people that like when it comes to any fighting games the people who are able to to make instructional videos and like how-to videos and and talk about especially fundamentals i'm like how how are you able to do this this is i mean it just shows that they know the game at such a higher level than we do that they're able to break that down because i definitely could not do that yeah uh the the Feynman method of learning involves being able to explain it to people after you've learned it that is basically the the true test of how well you actually know a subject and i i think it i think it is showing that what i'm getting most out of replaying smash brothers 
and uh, and really any fighting game I do this with is I get like muscle memory and I get quicker reaction time, mm-hmm. and I can't I can't like put into words what that's doing. So maybe I'm not learning right. Maybe I need to adjust how I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we're we're not playing that much these days. Uh, we're waiting for a lot of things to come out actually. Um, yeah. In September and October, there, there's some big months these uh, this year. And we're stuck in the August of of nothing, really. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, was there any big thing that happened this month? Or will happen this month? I don't I don't think so. I mean, actually, there um, should be. Hang on. I'm going to look this up. On We're doing it I know live. there's that game for, for Switch, Astral Chain. That's mm, coming out, I okay. think, at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a very, like, anime, cel-shaded type RPG like action RPG type game. Uh, there's that. Fire Emblem was like at the end of July, so it really, I guess, probably picked up steam towards like early August, but I can't think of anything else big that actually came out this month. Okay, I, I have a little bit of a list. Um, Astral Chain, yeah. Um, that Blair Witch game is, I believe, this month. Um, okay. We got that Oninaki, that Square Enix RPG. Mm-hmm. Madden. Madden happened. <laughs> um, of course, man. man. Ancestors the Humankind Odyssey. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. That's, no, I haven't. That's that one um, that it, it leads you through human evolution from like a, um, like a, a very primate early form and and then you play through the game and you play as increasingly evolved forms of of humans um that looks cool hang on yes that is august so that's there you go you got the (laughs) august game um so pretty pretty much not much uh yeah not a lot yeah not not a whole lot but there is some news so let's go and head into the newsy nibble. So, Need for Speed Heat was rumored. Um, it, it was rumored that there was going to be a new Need for Speed game, even though EA did not show it off at E3. And then EA confirmed, yeah, there is a Need for Speed game. It wasn't at E3. Don't worry, it's happening. And then the name Heat was rumored, and then it was leaked, <laughs> and then it was formally announced, and then this week it was given a trailer. So, man, you can't, <laughs> you can't like <laughs> announce anything regularly anymore. It's all just a drip feed of like very small building blocks until you're able to build a concept of what the announcement actually is, but. More on the more on the the process of announcing something later in the newsy nibble. For now, I just want to talk about um, Need for Speed's take on loot boxes, specifically that there won't be them. Um, ben Walk, the EA community manager, said, "Not now, not ever. There will not be um, loot boxes in Need for Speed Heat." I, I just wanted to share this because I thought this was, was funny, Wyatt. I went on GamesRadar.com, GamesRadar.com, sorry for slurring, to find an article about this. And the first sentence of that article is, EA is continuing its trend away from loot boxes 
Yeah, right, gamesradar.com. Seriously. <laughs> what a trend. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, like, I think, too, the thing that, like, okay, even if technically they're not having a loot box in this game, there's still going to be other types of monetization that will probably piss people off. And not to mention the fact that there's still going to be loot boxes in all of their other titles. Right. Uh, We know for a fact that there will be post-launch DLC for Need for Speed Heat. Uh, Same person, Ben Walk, confirmed that there will be post-launch microtransactions in the form of car packs um, and and other things like that. So I guess guess that's relatively standard at this point. If you have a game Mm -hmm. where you can have a lot of different things, whatever those things are... You're going to be able yeah. to buy those things um, in, with real-world money outside of the game. So, yeah, you can do that now. Um, or not now. You can do that post-launch. Um, and, and he also specified some other kind of microtransaction that like basically unlocks everything in the game for you. Um, or, or, hang on, no. I, it, was, it was in this Games Radar article. I, I believe it was that it... It's a microtransaction that if you buy it, you can sh- you can like visually show where the collectibles are in the world uh, instead of having to look for oh, them. Cool. So now you can just know where they are. So there's that kind of kind of typical microtransactions. It just isn't random this time, yeah. um, which I suppose is a step in the right direction. I'm not going to make fun of them too much for doing something that I guess is good. Um, whether or not like it, it should always have been done, and you know it's yeah. it it's still something I guess they weren't going to do otherwise. There were loot boxes in previous Need for Speed games, so even in just in this series, that it's an improvement. Um, I I want to know, did they need to stress the loot box thing? They can play the good guy this time, but there are for sure going to be card packs and other kind of loot box like mechanics in their sports games later on this year i mean hey uh or uh madden just came out this month as mm-hmm. we we had to look through the month of august <laughs> and found out that madden came out and that i i believe has card packs in the same way yeah uh, yeah they yeah do. and they're they're randomized um mm-hmm. so that's that's a loot box that that is what it is um or a surprise mechanic as EA uh, w- would like us to call them. Uh, and, and I'm sure when FIFA comes out, or the next FIFA, uh, the next uh, any sports game they do, I- I'm sure it'll have that Yeah, because they always do Ultimate Team, and those are always consisting of, of uh, card packs that you have to buy. Does Apex Legends have card packs? Or uh, like any kind of loot box? Um, Apex Legends does have loot boxes, um, and... It's funny, there was actually a big controversy with Apex Legends this past week because they um, started a new event. I think it's called Ice Crown or something Crown. Um, it, it was their next big event. It added like a solo mode and all that kind of stuff. And it added this new set of uh, collectibles that you could you or uh, like skins. Because their thing is you get skins for your guns, skins for your characters... It's like the um, Overwatch one approach, right? Yeah, basically, just like Overwatch, exactly. Um, and the skins all have like you know rare, epic, legendary quality, all of that. So that's where their loot box come in. And then with this new event, they added this special 
tier of items that you could only get by buying these specific i, I don't really play it so I, I think it was like i think you bought packs or you, there was they added a new currency and i think you had to spend i think 120 dollars or more to get all of the new items because you would buy this new currency and then you would get you were guaranteed to get something new but it was random which new thing you got and i think there was like 24 or something different new things that you could get so and there was a duplication protection i believe but you still had to spend a lot of money so they're like here's all these new things but you have to buy all of these loot boxes or all this new currency to unlock it or something so and that's ea so it's like even though you know you can stress that you're not doing loot boxes loot boxes isn't the only sort of um, quote-unquote predatory you know microtransactions that you could put into these games so even if you might if games radar is true which they're not and that ea is moving <laughs> away from loot boxes um there's still a lot of other things that they could do wrong that aren't loot boxes so it's like right it's almost as though ea is saying hey like you know look at this look at our right hand where we're saying we're not doing loot boxes but then they've got their left hand behind their back doing a bunch of nefarious stuff yeah um that is you know it's trying to maybe trying to like get people off the scent so they forget about all this other stuff i don't know yeah, especially with it being um, the EA community manager who, who's saying this. Yeah. It's, it's not like the specific Need for Speed Heat Studio, which I'm looking up right now because I did not write down if we know um, exactly who's making it within EA. Does EA usually just make their own Need for Speed games? I don't know the studio environment with that. I think they do. Um. Okay. I haven't played any for that, Speed in so long. That sounds right. If anyone's listening and knows, I would love a correction on that. Um, but yeah, if if it's him saying it, like, why why do you think you get to say that? You know, like not now, not ever. Yeah, we'll exactly. never do that. Why 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 are are you allowed to have that attitude when yeah, exactly currently operating EA games like Madden and Apex? And, uh, and, and and tons of other things have this exact structure that you're warning people won't be in in Need for Speed. Um, yeah, like I could see if there were a company that had a track record of not having loot boxes, and they were just kind of like reiterating, "Hey guys, like we're not ever going to do this." Yeah. But considering that EA is you know one of the worst offenders, at least in the minds of a lot of people, of this sort of thing, it's it's a very odd thing to kind of try and really harp on on the other hand though i'm i'm sure if i were a third party listening to this conversation i'd be like mitchell they had loot boxes and you didn't like that and now they're saying they won't and you're annoyed with that too <laughs> fair point other mitchell um that's that's definitely <laughs> real and i don't really have an excuse <laughs> um I would say it's the fact that they're being pompous about it. It seems pompous, doesn't it? It it's it yeah. very much seems like loot boxes <laughs> not from us. We wouldn't do that to you. Like of course you would. Yeah. You're you you would. Exactly, yeah. It's like you you're like you're you know, you kind of kicked off this whole hatred of loot boxes and sort of monetization and everything, you know, with, Yeah. cuz I feel like B Battlefront 2 is kind of like the watershed moment for this whole thing. Battlefront 2, yeah. Battlefront 2 
maybe had one of the most ridiculous amounts of loot box type mechanics in in a single game that I've I've ever seen. Um, that tied to the fact that I believe Battlefront Two came out at around the same time as um, Shadow of War, the the Mordor game. That oh, that's right. I believe I think yeah. it was the same year. Like I think yeah, I think. Shadow of Mordor was like maybe August or September, and then Battlefront was October. Yeah, and, and that was a single-player game that um, mm-hmm. I don't recall if it had loot boxes exactly, but the fact that it was a single-player game with as, as um, invasive monetization strategies as they had, um, yeah, you know that that was that was a. Big yeah, deal. I don't think it was loot boxes, but I think it was you could pay to. I think it was literally a pay-to-win type thing. There was something to do with the good ending of the game that was, like, it might have been entirely unachievable without paying microtransactions on top of the actual purchase of the game, which is crazy. Um, But they, they, I I don't want to kick them while they're down. They failed financially, (laughs) and they also fixed that part of the game. They they changed it, so I, that's... Yeah. I'm I'm not still mad at them (laughs) or anything. Um... (laughs) But but yeah, that's that's EA. Uh, that's what they're doing. I I wonder if they think that we view these kinds of things on a spectrum of, of okayness, where like Jedi Fallen Order is a straight up single player adventure, and that's at one end of the the spectrum. And then maybe mobile games are on the other end of the spectrum. And the closer you are to mobile games, and I guess like mo- right before mobile games would maybe be sports games on that. The closer you are, the more okay you should be with microtransactions. Um, mm. And I don't know. I don't know why we've talked about this before, but I don't know why that spectrum's been set up the way it is. I, I feel like it targets people who don't know um, just the industry. They, they they don't know the history on this stuff, and it, it targets people who are more likely to be suckered out of a few bucks. It, it makes me a little bit sad, but. Uh, we we've got some some more interesting news than that. We talk about that almost like every episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, the leadership of Halo Infinite is being shaken up. Tim Longo, the creator director, the creative director on Halo Five Guardians and Halo Infinite until now, has been reassigned out of leadership uh, into a different position within the company that they they didn't um, announce like exactly what he'd be doing when that happened. But shortly after that, he left the company. Uh, 343 put out a memo implying that the uh, the split was largely friendly. Although, I mean, who can say? Um, yeah. And they uh, are, are readjusting their leadership like structure on Halo Infinite now. The former... Man, I should have written this down. I, this is a bad episode for me writing stuff down ahead of time. Um, <laughs> but the former executive producer on Halo Infinite was Mary... Her name was Mary something. And she's going to be stepping into Longo's uh, vacancy. And so there's that. Um, I, I wonder w- what this means. Because Halo Infinite might be the most load-bearing game we know of right now you know yeah um mm-hmm. halo infinite is very much for the xbox uh next one 
that Breath of the Wild was for the Switch. It, it's really making a, a, a case for the system. Mm-hmm. It, it's the most exciting thing for that for that uh, launch lineup. Well, it's the only thing for the launch lineup that we actually know of. That we know for sure. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's meant to be a reboot of the Halo uh, series, if, if not canonically, then just mechanically. And it, it should be a very big, exciting tentpole. And uh, yep. now now its creative direction is gone. That's I, I feel like people, when they hear cre- uh, creative director in, in a video game sense, they, they kind of maybe brush past it. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This is like a Tarantino movie not having Tarantino anymore. This is, this is huge. Yeah, exactly. This will change yeah, the think- whole vibe. Yeah, and that's something that really kind of it hit home with me a couple years ago when I read Jason Schreier's book, The Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Um, Great book. Because I never realized how much turmoil a lot of these studios go through, and specifically what having massive change in, changes in leadership can do to a title. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I think this is it's really like you said, it's really big, especially when you know this game is supposed to come out next year so a lot of i mean granted you still have a year for them to finish it yeah it's, but it's not a short amount it, of time it, it's it's a good amount of yeah. time for them to change but it, if you're losing you know sort of that main direction it could affect kind of how things go and especially if that ends up i mean they say it was you know an amicable sort of split but you know who knows what's going on behind the scenes so mm-hmm. like that could have ripple effects to the developers and, and kind of the people actually, you know, doing a lot of the the groundwork on the game. So for this game, which, you know, I think it's almost an understatement to kind of say that this is, you know, Microsoft's like huge thing because it's all they've shown us for, you know, Scarlet, whatever they're going to call the new Xbox. And none of that, but, you know, they, they made a huge point to just show us you know, 30 seconds of, of Master Chief in a spaceship, that which is something we've seen a million times before. Yeah. You know, so, so you know, they kind of didn't really give us a lot, but just kind of promised that, you know, it's going back to the roots of Halo and all that kind of stuff. But if you're doing all that and you're putting so much, you know, so much into this basket and then, you know, you're, you're kind of weakening the basket depending on what actually happened with this, this shakeup, it's a little bit concerning. Can we talk about the trailer for a second? I and mean, this is off topic, kind of, but like, <laughs> I I was in that room at, at the press conference, and I don't understand what that trailer was. I don't I don't understand how it was working, right? Because I was upset. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just that I didn't find it interesting because you know I'm not a Halo guy. I probably wouldn't have. That's that's fine. But like normally, mm. I can at least understand like. Oh well, Halo fans will like this because of it introduces a yeah, new kind even, of even if you combat don't like or something. It, yeah, I don't, I don't get you it. You can say like, "Hey, I know why you like this." Yeah, I did not know. I, it seemed to be relatively exciting for people, uh, but I, I didn't understand what the button was. Like, what, what part of that trailer? Yeah. Was there a reveal? Was it? Did it not look like Halo? And then when Master Chief showed up, you knew it was Halo. Like, I didn't. I don't know. I still don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I remember even seeing a lot of people on Twitter, you know, sort of being super excited, like, oh my god, Halo, and I was like, okay, but like, 
we knew that was coming. Like, of course, there's going to be a Halo game. Well, not only that, but they announced Halo Infinite last year. So we, we knew that there was a Halo game. And, of course, it's going to look better because it's the next generation. And, of course, it's going to have Master Chief because you're not going to make a Master... Well, okay, they did make a, a Halo game without Master Chief. but uh, Or they made two, I guess, technically. But, um, but of at this point, we know that, you know, they're going to do Master Chief because they even showed... They showed him in his helmet. Yeah. Um... And the original one last year. So everything that they showed us in that trailer was all stuff that we knew before. So, yeah, I, I don't really understand why there was any sort of excitement. I was completely <laughs> let down because I was like, you know, I was hoping, you know, this is your your big reveal, you know, telling us about Scarlet, telling us about, you know, that this is officially going to be a next generation game. And all you showed us was, you know, the same opening is. You know, it looked like the opening of every other Halo, where you step out of the cryo thing, you look around, they calibrate your systems and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I, I don't know what was so special about that. Yeah, but I, maybe I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to but, poop on it because, I, like, it, yeah, I mean, apparently it's, it's it did cool. excite people. I just, I just genuinely don't. I don't know <laughs> uh, what part did it because what was it? The fact that you saw the Halo, like it was the spaceship was overlooking a Halo. Is the fact that it takes place on a Halo a surprise? Is that did people not expect that? I know that isn't always what happens, but uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, sorry, that's a tangent. Uh, <laughs> are are we at all nervous about this creative lead change? Is this a is this a big deal in how we're perceiving the eventual quality of? halo infinite i'll 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 give i'll give uh i I think our answer would be yes but i'll I'll give a a counter to that that i've also seen online um people just saying yeah but like he was the director of halo 5 and halo 5 wasn't good or people i mean people generally don't like it that much so maybe it's an improvement that's maybe it's a step up could be yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that, I guess that is that is one way to look at it because it was a fairly underwhelming game. But we'll see. We we will see. I I, I can't imagine that Microsoft and uh, the other people at Xbox would purposefully shuffle him out of leadership if they were psyched about what he was doing, right? But I guess that goes yeah. back to just the the time old argument of. Do we trust these struggling creatives or or the uh, more battle tested executives that are trying to you know mold a project to to their profit margins? And I don't know. It's 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 a hard it's a hard argument. And I'm not I'm not gonna just side with the creatives because um, it it's easy to because mm-hmm. you know these people at Xbox know what they're doing, especially in the Phil Spencer era. He seems like pretty savvy about it so i don't know i yeah yeah this is it i i would rather have not heard about this though is all i'll say it would have been better <laughs> if everyone at xbox and 343 was happy with the work that was being done on infinite and there was no need to change okay. up leadership or to leave a project or anything yeah i agree um super hot for switch leaked in a really unusual way so apparently the switch downloads something from the eShop every four hours even if it's just in switch uh uh, in sleep mode if it's plugged into wi-fi 
And that's basically a list of every update um, the, the eShop has for, for pretty much every game that you could have. And if that list indicates that one of the games you have on your Switch needs an update, it will start downloading it if you have automatic updates turned on. So mm -hmm. through this, we learned that there's an update uh, now available for Superhot, which is not a Switch game. <laughs> uh, so through this, we've basically learned, okay, Superhot's going to be on Switch. It already has an update, despite not being announced yet. Or even rumored. That wasn't a big rumor. Um, yeah. Now, people at home, when you're listening to this, you're probably going to just think that we're ignoring the big news that Superhot was announced at Indie World. Um, that is in the past for you, but it's in the future for us at the time of recording. That is the day <laughs> after tomorrow uh, as we're speaking. So, yeah, that that happened. It's almost definitely coming. Um, is it impossible to not leak something in today's climate? Like, can you can you not have a surprise? Is that is that now an like not an affordance that you can't surprise people? It seems like it. Like it's it's crazy how much gets leaked these days. Like you know, I think back to when um, was it Fallout Four. The big Kotaku leak that got them blacklisted from um, Bethesda. Like, I remember, I mean, granted, that's a huge title. But around that time, like, we didn't see a lot of leaks. There weren't really a lot of things that got leaked. You you generally got surprised about things when they were announced. So it's weird that so much gets leaked these days. Yeah, it is. I... <sighs> it, it It's all online, which is the problem like every game that comes out yeah. needs to be available digitally as well you can't just yeah um like put the barrier of it being a physical game around it and expect no one to crack that shell anymore because it's just out yeah. there in the ether and everything is somehow everything is hackable every single thing uh you yeah. just can't have it otherwise you can't have it be be available otherwise but the means of production here and the means of distribution are so complex that it's not even really a leak in the traditional sense. We'd think of like a leak as someone at the company is leaking out information. You have a security yeah. leak. This is just the natural way that games come out. It, it mm -hmm. ruined the secret by simply existing <laughs> on the eShop. Yeah. This, is, this is what you had to do. Every game gets patched. And every patch is available. Like, I don't know if you could have not leaked this. I don't know if there's a way they could have saved this other than, I guess, postponing the patch. But I I think they want it to, to happen. So when it finally comes out, and I'm expecting that it'll, it'll maybe shadow drop at Indie World. And, and mm -hmm. uh, th that's why it, it happened. When it comes out, it'll come out with that patch, so you won't have to download it and then yeah. download another patch on the same day. I I can imagine that that would get pretty frustrating. Um, yeah, for sure. I usually think of think of shadow drops as one of the best ways to maintain secrecy because as soon as something's announced, it's out. So like, yeah, there, there's no time for the developer to to accidentally leak any details about it. It just happened. Uh, but yeah, I guess because this one is, was a shadow drop, it, it leaked. Um, not that Super Hot on Switch is like the, you know, it's a good game, but it's not the biggest deal in the world, right? It's it's 
a port yeah. of a thing that's been on other consoles for a while now. Um, what yeah, what would I mean, you do even, even... if you were a developer right now and you wanted to save a secret? I don't even know. I mean, it almost it reminds me of the thing with Street Fighter that we talked about last week or last podcast. Um, you know, because they had this big thing you know the surprise that was going to happen at evo and they were going to say like hey we have new characters and guess what you can play them right now um but you know it got leaked through steam uh you know the page went up on steam three or four days beforehand so capcom just had to be like all right i guess we'll just announce this now and then show the trailers all throughout evo and everything and i think that's almost what you have to do even though it sucks to kind of lose the element of that shadow drop because i agree that you know, announcing something and being like, and guess what? You can play it right now is, is super cool. Yeah. And it's always something that is very, it's, it's like hype, you know, to, to be like, Hey, like this thing that we just announced that you're kind of excited for, you can play it right now. You don't have to wait. But I think when that gets leaked, you almost just have to just take the initiative yourself and just kind of be like, all right, well, let's just get out in front of this and just kind of start talking about it ourselves. Speaking of the Evo leak, um, when when you were on the podcast the last time, you were talking about how they weren't going to do any more characters. Was that something that they had said? Um, um, because we they... did it right before they, the leak happened. Yeah. I mean, so they they had said... Months before, they had basically... There was silence, and then, you know, like, I think maybe four months before Evo, they were like, hey, we're going to have news to share, but they didn't really say what it was. And then... And then they... And then the leak happened. And then... They didn't say anything else about any other characters prior to Evo, and then at Evo, they said, also, we're going to have something else Hmm. later this year. So... They at least gave like a little bit of a tease for something else that's coming later this year, but that was but those three characters that got leaked. That was all that they were planning on showing at Evo. Yeah, that's which really which sucks because they hit. You know, Ono had to get up on the stage, and you know he wrote he read this like apology letter and was like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we had stuff to show you, but it got leaked. But you know, we have a couple other things coming in November, December. But but that was it. They didn't show. They had nothing else. They had no other trailers. That so literally their entire Evo, you know, package was leaked beforehand. So they literally had nothing. The way it was leaked too. I, I think certain news items are completely invalidated if they are leaked. Um, yeah. And I'm I, I'm worried for the super hot team that this might be that because. There's some sometimes things are leaked where it's like Mario and Rabbids, no way, I don't even believe it, and then people start to believe it <laughs> and they start to hate it, and then they see it and they're like, "This is actually amazing." I think that work that worked out like really well in the in the in the long run for Mario and yeah. Rabbids. For something like the E Hondo this character uh, pack, there were three of them: mm-hmm. Poison, E Hondo, uh, and and uh, Lucia. Lucia. That that is a small announcement if leaked, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm mean, coming from someone who does not regularly play Street Fighter, but even, like I still like Street Fighter, and and even then, that's that's just not that much. It it really, 
it, it really yeah, completely deflates the thing where i think if you saw it in real time um y- you would be excited about it with with leroy smith uh people are very excited about that you you especially yeah and yeah i mean yeah if, it, if mm-hmm. we saw that ahead of time i think that would have seemed like a really small announcement considering that he's just some some new character that we haven't seen before and it's not like a return yeah favorite well and especially the the problem with you know the street fighter league is when it leaked because of the way it happened you saw people tweeting about it articles had the ti- had the characters names in the title people were tweeting the names so you found out the names before you even saw the trailer yeah so like before i even watched the trailer i saw e honda poison and lucia whereas if you were watching the trailer at evo each one would have been a surprise and you you wouldn't have known how many is there because the way the trailer went it naturally flowed from e honda to lucia and then to poison so it was you know you would have been like oh we have e honda and then you'd be like oh wait we have this other new character you know she's from final flight but she's never been a shooter fighter before and then to have that to go from oh my god and now poison's back from ultra street fighter 4 so you know it kind of crescendoed like that and that was a really fun reveal and then you can, like you said with Leroy Smith, we have no idea who he is, but it was really cool and it was really, you know, fun to watch. And then even if you think about, like, Guilty Gear, you know, they announced that they make uh, Arc System Works announced a new Guilty Gear at Evo as well. And even though we kind of had a feeling that eventually that would be coming because yeah. they hadn't really announced, you know, I think Xrd Rev 2 or whatever the abbreviation is for, for the last Guilty Gear, um, that came out. I think in 2017. So it's been like two years since we've had anything big for Guilty Gear. So we knew it was coming, but seeing it on the big screen, you know, seeing the, you know, the two iconic characters and getting the the reactions from the crowd, that's just so cool. You know, like there's nothing like seeing it, especially because I was in the, I didn't go this year, but last year I went to Evo and I was in the arena when they announced Negan for Tekken 7. And that (laughs) one, everyone was just like, are what, like, like, cause, you know, they were like, they started playing all this ominous music and you're like, okay. And then they just show him, you know, whistling with his bat and you're like, what? You know, cause it's just completely off the wall, yeah. you know? So, you know, thinking to that, if they had, a, you know, if that had gotten leaked beforehand, you'd have been like, what, why is Negan and Deccan? Like, this makes no sense. But seeing it, they're feeling their reactions from everyone else. Like, it's just super cool. Um, so, you know, it just sucks that so much is getting leaked. And especially, like you said, it's not even anybody sort of on the inside leaking things like the street fighter thing was just a steam page that yeah. that someone at steam they took responsibility for that it just got pushed up too early and you know there's nothing capcom could have done about it little pig little pig man i love that negan trailer <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. i just i just uh it's it so down. good um so speaking of fighting games on that same on that same wavelength um uh, we maybe a year ago at this point i don't know if it was that long something like that talked about it was a while it was it was around it was probably like early ultimate yeah okay yeah so it was it was definitely this year because it was in, in super smash brothers ultimate yeah yeah. yeah yeah um we talked about some some infighting some drama between salem <laughs> who is a uh a, a smash ultimate player coming from Smash 4 and uh, Brawl before that, and Leffen, who is a Smash Ultimate player as well, but coming from Melee instead. And there was this this tiff between the two groups, 
Um, there was a very funny twit longer that Salem wrote uh, <laughs> bragging about his years of research and how um, a, a melee player just wouldn't know how to play Ultimate on that same wavelength because Ultimate is closer to Super Smash Bros. 4 and Brawl. And, uh, and and in tournament, in an ultimate game, not, not playing uh, Melee or any other Smash game, Leffen beat Salem. Uh, so it, it, it was finally, <laughs> the, the curse was lifted. Um, we, we no longer have to worry about anyone's years of research. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we've emerged from the other side of the tunnel victorious. And... Uh, I it was a good match. It was a good dude. match. It, it was it a really good match. It like it literally went down, you know, it was a, a game three last stock. Yeah. You know, could have went either way. And you know, Leffen popped off and Salem threw his controller on the ground. He threw it, it straight it into the ground, yeah. <laughs> it had everything you would want from that kind of a grudge match. Um it, the way people were talking about it, if you didn't watch the match, you probably would have assu- assumed that Leffen just smoked him because people were hyping it up so much uh but not so much it, it was a it was a best of three match the first two matches were leffen's pokemon trainer versus salem's snake now this was pertinent because snake is the character that salem said <laughs> was good and leffen said was trash and that like sparked the whole debate like he, he wouldn't even know what character is good and trash um and then yeah. leffen with his pokemon trainer beat that snake uh, in the third match, and no one's quite sure why, uh, Salem switched from Snake, who he was doing pretty good with. He he won one match, lost one yeah. match, uh, and both of them were close. I think, you know, it's it's not impossible to, to assume that if he kept going with Snake, he would have won. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but it's possible. He switched from Snake to Hero, which means something, because Hero is a very new character. It hasn't even been out for a month yet. People don't really know how to use him so well, especially considering that Hero, um, Hero's tournament le- tournament legal status is up in the air. Uh, certain yeah. um, parts parts of the world, South Australia in, sp- uh, in particular, are already deciding to ban him because he is too RNG-heavy. Ha- he does random stuff... Like, all the time. Any of his smash moves can be a critical hit. Uh, he can pull up, like, 16 random different tools from his down B. Um, just, a, just a weird character. Whether you win yeah. or lose is, you know, it, it is a lot more random than with other characters. And Salem, Salem lost. <laughs> Salem picked him for some reason and just decided to lose. <laughs> Not decided. He, Well, I don't know. I think if he really wanted to win, he would have not done that. Yeah, well, I think it probably also has to do with the fact that Leffen has been a, a strong proponent of the RNG nature and banning Hero. Like, I think he, like, applauded, was it South? South Australia. Africa? Uh, Australia. South Australia, yeah. I was knew it was a South something with an A. Um, he applauded them when they banned Hero recently, so... Maybe left or uh, Salem was probably like, "Oh well, let me you know rub extra salt on the wound by beating him with this character that you know he hates." Yeah. Of recently, but it, especially because I think Salem won game two, so he won a game, 
and then switched characters for the last game, even though he just won with that character. So it was a very odd series all around, but very fun to watch. It was, it was very fun to watch. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate in general is becoming very fun to watch. It was the, um, the, the ending game or the, the, uh, what do you call that? The marquee show. What what am I trying to say? Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> the, it was, it was the, yeah, it was the final game. So like yeah. uh, at Evo, it was the closer. It was, yeah, it was the closer, um, of Evo, despite the fact that all the other games were, actually played on the system that was sponsoring the event playstation sponsored yeah. evo <laughs> um and all of those other games had like big news items that smash didn't really have and still yeah. despite all of that smash was just so big it had to be the ending show uh it, it got yeah. the most viewers it got the most participants out of any smash tournament ever so far uh bigger than anything melee has ever yeah. done um and amazing and it's it's really exciting and last year like compared to last year that was bad <laughs> the super smash brothers for wii u tournament at evo ended with two bayonetta players just kind of like not hitting each other for a while because they were friends yeah they literally agreed to just sit there <laughs> yeah. and, and hold their uh was it down b or whatever move that was they yeah. literally were just sitting there charging it and then tell the tournament organizers were like Guys, you need to actually play. Yeah, if if you don't play now, it'll look like collusion. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And and it it honestly might have been <laughs> at at that point. Um, yeah, for real. But but compare that to Ultimate and the matches at Evo. They were so cool. The the finals came down to it being Twitch versus MK Leo. Twitch was playing as Pokemon Trainer, which I, I gotta respect, repping my character. Mm-hmm. And MK Leo was playing as Joker. Um, and Joker's agreed to be very good. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are thinking that he's way better than he actually is just because MK Leo is amazing and he's pushing that character to yeah, new Yeah, like heights. he's not that, like, it's a good character, but everybody keeps saying that, like, oh, MK Leo won because he's using, like, an OP character. Yeah. It's like Joker's not like he's strong, but he's not that strong. MKLeo also has been consistently winning with a bunch of other characters as well. So I don't yeah, know exactly. where he, that's going I don't from. I think it really matters what I mean, he was down 2-0 in, in the grand finals on loser side, so he had to win two sets and then proceeded to win six straight games. So like let, let's not just, you know, completely blank or let's not just say it's only because of the character. He's just a very good player. Yeah, he was also winning tournaments with Ike. And I think Politana at some point, or maybe Lucina. Yeah. Something like that. I think Lucina, yeah. Yeah. Um, so believe it or not, that was the news section. Um <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to write into the show, you can do so at podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. That's podcast at superjumpmagazine.com. Let's head into the after school activities. <laughs> The after-school activities are things that we would like you to check out between episodes of the Super Jump podcast, just to edify your world a little bit more fully. Um, I have a YouTube channel I'd like you to check out. It's called Short of the Week. Um, You know when you're watching the Oscars and then the short film category comes up and you're like, 
dude, how do I even watch those? Where are they? Um, I still don't know, and this isn't the answer to that question, but it's close, because the YouTube channel Short of the Week has, like, high high production level short films just all the time, at once once a week, and they're great, and I would really uh, recommend you check that out. Um, it, it, every one of those shorts is like a treat to watch it. They're, they're filmed so well. Nice. Sure. <laughs> that was for you, Wyatt. Yeah. Um, what is your after school activity this week? Um, so mine is, uh, there's a streamer slash speedrunners and shy hex. Um, I think I may have talked about him before. Um, but he recently did a podcast with one of his old, I think he was a manager because Triac used to work at GameStop. And I think this guy was one of his old managers and they did. Now I'm not going to expect you to, to listen to the entire thing. Cause it was a nine hour podcast. Damn. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think he had said, cause I'm in his discord and I think he originally intended it to be like a, like a four hour thing. Like he knew they were going to talk for a long time, but it ended up being nine hours and he uploaded the entire nine-hour thing to his YouTube channel. He did a couple smaller videos that are like, you know, 11 to 15 minutes where they, you know, specifically talk about some horror stories. But the entire thing was just kind of them just shooting the breeze, talking about the, you know, all of the different crazy things that they experienced at uh, at GameStop. So I, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has been to a GameStop at some point in time because what gamer hasn't? Um, what else is there? At least back yeah. In, yeah, I mean, back in the day, that was all you had really for games. But uh, it's just, it's incredible listening to the different stories of people bringing in, you know, consoles that had drugs in them and, and just everything that you can imagine is all in there. So if you want to listen to all nine hours of it, if you're going on a road trip or something. Why? Did you listen means, to all nine hours it. of it? I didn't. No. <laughs> okay. I, I listened to a lot of it because I, I was watching it live. So I watched a lot of it. Um, but I did not see all, all nine hours of it. But it was a, it was a pretty fun listen for what for the parts that I was listening to. Yeah, I've been watching his YouTube channel. I haven't seen this, but I've been watching his YouTube channel, and I, I've been uh, seeing his stories. Uh, I, I saw a few about GameStop, but I like there was another one where he was describing how his door to his apartment didn't have a lock for a while. So, oh yeah, like he would occasionally <laughs> just get visitors in his apartment, and they would just show up and be there, yeah. and they'd have to. <laughs> You know, like be like that. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> there, there's some good stories on that on that channel. Um, yeah, and if you like Mario Maker as well, he has a lot of really good Mario Maker. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Videos on there. Like there was one where he actually made a creator rage delete his uh, his level because he found a developer hack on it or something like that. It was really funny. <laughs> um, the theme song has been by Jamitar. It's the song called Jerome. Please subscribe, review us on iTunes, tell a friend anything you can do. We grow mostly through word of mouth and social media, so if you just, you know, if you like the show, share it around. That'll be that'll be great. Thank you for listening, and stay super! super!